everybody. Welcome to Pale in Comparison, a proud member of the Doof Network. In this podcast, my sister uses her knowledge of the otherverse to take a look at Pact, Wildbow's most ornithological work, and I try to not give away any spoilers. I'm Jenny, and Malia convinced me to read Worm. I'm Malia, and Jenny convinced me to read everything else. This episode, we are covering Execution, chapters 13.5 and 13.6. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know how Kenneth managed during the Kenneteer's absence and don't want us to tell you, stop now, read pale, and come back to this podcast. As for Pact, there will be full spoilers through the chapters we are covering. I feel like I want to work on my diction, which is kind of random, but <laughs> like my pronunciation of words. Um, like what? There's this, <laughs> there's this etiquette show on Netflix that I didn't watch a whole episode of yet, but I started watching it mm-hmm. and um, it's called Mind Your Manners. Hmm. And I guess it's like teaching people to be more like, I guess, poised or like, I don't know. Um, and one of the things she was trying to teach this girl is like just how to enunciate and better, I don't know, pronounce stuff, mm. which I probably need to work on because <laughs> even my patients and people uh, tend to have a hard time hearing me. I think so. I'm like, hi, my name's Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, one thing I didn't realize, you know, um, the rain in Spain, uh, what is it? Falls plainly in the mainly in the plane. It's mainly in the plane. That's what it is. Yeah. That's actually a real thing. Huh. In terms of an exercise. Wild. You know? Wild. I thought it was just that song. In, in Spain. Stays mainly in the plane. <laughs> in Hartford, Herodford, and Hampshire, hurricanes hardly happen. Bum, 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 bum. How kind of you to lend that to me. Come. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, that the ending of that musical still pisses me off. But. Yeah, I think that's fair. I do say that the play doesn't end quite like that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it, it's somewhat of an ambiguous ending in the same way, but she doesn't like go back to his house. And um, George Bernard Shaw had to write something being like, "She marries Freddie, you fucking dipwads." It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I, I wish I hope it was phrased exactly like that. <laughs> it probably was. He was pretty annoyed from what I can tell. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna I probably should have had Malia read uh three chapters, but I didn't. So we're gonna talk about two chapters today. Woo. Um as Malia talked about. So here's my very short chapter summary. Um Blake reviews his list of names. He goes to Sandra's camp and thinks about his strategy and gets into some fights, which is not a surprise. He goes after the crooked hat guy first. Molly joins up with them and questions their methods. Hilder goes after Blake. Aaron is, vi- I mean, not Aaron, Evan. <laughs> Diction. Okay. Evan is very annoyed at being Tinkerbelled and Blake delivers a package. <laughs> what do you think of these chapters, Malia? Yeah, they were, they were good. Um, I appreciated them. In terms of like now we have a to do list kind of, which was fun. Um, to do list and to do end list. <laughs> that that also is my fair lady reference, isn't it? Hi, is it when she's talking thinking. about her her aunt with the fine feathered hat that should have come to me or something? Somebody should have somebody did her in or something. 
I honestly did not say that as a <laughs> reference, but that's kind of that's kind of funny. It just works. Yeah, I, I don't remember that's the exact phrasing, but yeah. Um, and there are things the way that Blake was approaching this that did make me. I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable and trusting of him. I still don't think it's good to just like murder people, but mm, hot take. He, I think, isn't just on like a total rampage. And He's I was worried that he was going to just like go off the wall. Yeah. And justify like everything to himself. But he still is thinking about things critically and questioning things. And like he says, I mean, we'll get there, but he says to Molly straight up, like, we're not here to just like murder everyone. And I was like, oh, cool. Thank you. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> That's, phew. That's good. Um, all right. Well, we'll start with the Blake reviewing his list of names and trying to figure out exactly why they all deserve to die. <laughs> yeah. Um, it didn't occur to me that any of these names would have come from outside of the chat. Um, but mm. nearly half of them do, right? Um, in a way, if you count the brothers as like one entity, um, half of them come from Joyce. Um, <clears throat> and I'm not sure if she did this because she believes that it's part of her oath to not, you know, re- like not get in Blake's way. Um, mm-hmm. He's asking for these names, but it does seem a little bit more affirmative in assistance than is maybe necessary. Um, yeah. And. Yeah, Joyce is just really interesting and complicated. And it's, yeah, I don't know how much of it is because of her oath and how much of it is just like, yeah, this is an opportunity to take these fuckers out um, and to enact some revenge on behalf of some of the women in our family. Um, Mm -hmm. Gail, who seems like not into this, and Lola, who seems to be like really torn in terms of like, oh, those dudes totally deserve to be murdered, but maybe not everyone. But also how fucked up is our family that we allow these things to happen so yeah that was yeah it's kind of interesting talking about like i feel like the more they're talking about it and um yeah just like you're saying like more things keep getting revealed about how fucked up things keep happening and uh yeah and it's because we've already seen lola and um penny give like full-throated defenses of their families right and like you know, yeah, some of this stuff is bad, but we're going to change things. And also, you know, whatever X, Y, Z, it's worth it in these ways. And then we're seeing like in front of our eyes, like Lola doesn't even understand the full scope of what her family puts up with Mm -hmm. um, and allows and endorses and pursues. And I just wish Penny was (laughs) like hearing some of this, you know, because I bet Mm -hmm. Penny is less than Lola as someone who's a little bit younger. Um, God. And just the, when Joyce was like, we try not to tell, you know, the young girls about this, especially the ones who are like about to be engaged or whatever. Um, I get mm-hmm. why, because you don't want them to like, you want them to marry these dudes that you're finding. Um, and if you're like, yeah, they might get you addicted to drugs and murder all of your children and like <laughs> force you to live in the abyss and you know, whatever. Right. Um, yeah. <clears throat> then that's not like, that would create a lot of resistance, you know, but more maybe than- it should. <laughs> You know, yeah, yes, yes, and that's the thing. It's just like fucked up. Like these these girls aren't consenting. Um, it's thinking back to Sandra and Jeremy and how Sandra's aunt really assured her, like, no, if you don't want to marry this dude, it's okay. Like he's kind of a shitwad, and this isn't this like this might not really be worth it because he's yeah. not. Like, presumably, the Duchamp who's marrying the Behame doesn't have much choice, right? Because they're 
I mean, now who the fuck knows what's happening, but presumably they're trying to like cement relations and whatever between their families. Um, and that would be a much more desirable and certain match as opposed to Jeremy, who's a little bit more of a risk taker or like some of these other dudes. Um, yeah. But yeah, we can go through and talk through them all. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Seven's <laughs> a fun number and we eliminate somewhere between two and four in this chapter. I'm not entirely sure. Um, mm-hmm. But so Joyce has mentioned three. So there's Carter, the pyromancer, Landon, the spellbinder, and then the Valcala guy. Valcala guy. Yeah. I don't know if I got his name. Yeah. Um, but so the pyromancer is the one whose um, wife ended up getting hooked on um, drugs and CPS um, came and took their kid. Um, I don't remember if CPS is the acronym in Canada, which I should, but yeah, Child Protective Services. And I'm wondering, like, did they, presumably they got that kid back and stuck her with some other family. Um, but yeah, um, the justification here is like, he's a criminal and he did this to her and we don't like, it was interesting that this first example was like, we didn't want him because of his practice. We wanted him because of his like information network um, to the criminal underworld in the area that he lived in. Um, and so thinking about the things that the Duchamps are prioritizing and kind of the strategic gaps they're trying to fill. It's interesting that several of these are um, information focused. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Cause I, I don't think of the Duchamps as being like particularly offensive, um, but that's probably uh latent misogyny in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, they're a lot different than a combat focused practice. Um, but they're super effective in a lot of ways and don't necessarily need men to fight for them, which is kind of what I was thinking more of than um, information. And I think a lot of the men are kind of like fighters and like combat oriented, but yeah. Anyway, this dude sucks. Um, And Joyce is like trying to explain and Blake's like, I don't need the full story. Just tell me what's relevant, which in my opinion comes back to bite him in the ass. And I was like, that's rude. Like dish Joyce, Spill the tea. Mm-hmm. You get um, it out. Right. Tell us why this dude fucking, you want him to die. Success. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so then Landon, the spellbinder is like a version of an enchanter and they're specialized um, in control and in binding. Um, he creepy. Yeah. So his thing is like, he is really paranoid and he like, doesn't have very many connections with humans at all. He's mostly associating with, Others, um, and the idea was that this Duchamp wife would help tie him back to society with her connections, but he binds her, um, and apparently, like, very physically, he, like, Joyce also says he bound her bodies, and I was like, bodies? Um, and that was just, (laughs) like, what the fuck is that? That's another horrifying detail. Um, and, like, Apparently, you know, like once this was said and done, it was like, well, like this, you know, one of our sisters sacrificed herself for this. And while that wasn't our intent and we're like really angry, we might as well like use him as a resource. Um, And this is the one where Lola's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, You know, like the Duchamp um, coven is willing to send 
its members to horrible, horrible fates with little to no repercussions. Um, yeah. This is an opportunity for repercussions. And Joyce talks about how, like, you know, we intend to get revenge on people like Landon, the spellbinder, but Lola realizes, oh, but that's only if we're able to, like, become the lord of this town. Um, yay. It's kind of, this family's <laughs> interesting because at first glance, you might, you almost kind of think, like, oh, well, this is more empowering to women because they're the practitioners. They're like, you know, it's only daughters, but like, it's obviously like very, I mean, it's pretty misogynistic and it's very fucked up because they basically don't have a choice. They have to marry. Um, they get all fucked up based on what their husband is doing. Um, right. ain't a good, uh, it, it's, this isn't a good system for anybody. Right. It's a weird system in that, like, yeah, it's very much like the women on the inside and all the husbands on the outside because there are no sons. Um, and it like it it really is kind of a, a imagining Wild Bill coming up with this family and their conceit is kind of fun because like their whole thing is about connections and um, you know the big ways they seem to deal with connections are their work with fairy who love that shit and um, their work in marrying off members of their family, right? Like their whole thing about gaining power is by creating connections to other people um, through marriage, which is a antiquated way of doing it, but also mm -hmm. a more substantial way of doing it than like business relationships or whatnot. Um, yeah. And those things are really like thematically related in a way that um, is satisfying. But yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of through selling Mm -hmm. themselves and the women in their family that they're able to gain power, make these connections. And so, yeah, in some ways it is empowering. I mean, Sandra Duchamp is a badass, but mm -hmm. she doesn't live with her husband anymore. Um, she's not tied to a man like so many of the rest of them are. Um, yeah. It's kind of like almost stepping on the backs of like the younger woman to get up. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And it's almost like a sunken cost fallacy like i had to do it my mom had to do it everybody had to do it so they're gonna have to do it and might as well keep doing it because otherwise all that sacrifices for nothing um mm -hmm. but it's it's pretty awful i can't i mean yeah i can't imagine like making my kids do something like that yeah um yeah but this seems to be the person that joyce most wants to die um and blake decides like okay cool but like i'll put him off until later um the idea being that if I'm going to like go on the offensive, I don't want my first strike to be against like the least connected one. I don't want to waste the element of surprise, I guess. Um, yeah. And also this dude is going to be a huge problem for Blake in particular as being bound is like one of the things he like most hates and fears. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's what this dude is, is binding. So that'll be it's gonna Fun. be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the last one I found the name. That's why I put that. Ah, good brand. Lovely. Um, is actually the son of the Duchamp husband. Um, I'm thinking, yeah, it's so he was from his father's like first marriage or whatever. And he was so that the dad is angry that he's only gonna have daughters, so he would use his newborn daughters as some sort of like sacrificey thing to power his weapons or something. Um, 
yeah it made it made sense but i couldn't quite follow it um but yeah basically his power in large part comes from um his children that he murdered because he didn't want girls um although blake seems to suggest that he did it to sons too so i don't know um and so this guy didn't actually do this he wasn't married to the Duchamp, but he uses his father's practice and weapons and we learn knows um what his father did um and gail is convinced that he's just like his father and he sucks and fuck this guy um and lola continues to be completely horrified at all of the husbands that are like super awful um that she doesn't know about um and that this only happens once or twice a generation and blah, blah, blah. But I'm wondering, is that once or twice a generation, like in the whole coven or just in like this branch of it? Because we're pretty sure that the Duchamps have, like, I don't think Eloise is from Jacob's bell. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, they also mentioned like, or Joyce mentioned that divorces are hard and sometimes not allowed. And I was thinking like, I didn't think the divorce was really possible in the other verse, but maybe you just say, vows in a certain way um yeah they probably said i I think that they've talked about that before or i've heard um i don't remember where exactly on one of our uh one of these podcasts or um (laughs) somewhere but yeah it's basically you just have to word it very carefully right um, as you're getting married and then so so that you can divorce right um yeah because i mean like I don't think Jeremy and Sandra are divorced and maybe that's partly because of their like emotional connection to each other and stuff. But I just sort of assumed that like you could separate, but that was about it. But yeah. Um, so then we learn about the other four um, who were names from the chat and we don't learn exactly who proposed these names. And it's interesting. Joyce's perspective on these isn't as clear. Cause like she didn't offer them up. So she's not entirely sure what's up. Um, the first one is Cricket Hat, who is a scourge, um, an abyssal practitioner. So this, you know, we've learned all about the abyss in this book. And so that's fun and exciting. Um, <laughs> Blake is horrified that anyone would go to the abyss willingly um, and for a long time. Um, he, like, Joyce isn't sure why he deserved to die, but also, you know, whatever. Um, she's like, I don't know. He seems okay. He has four daughters. They have weird names. I don't know that that's enough of a reason. Um, and we kind of learn later. Um, I don't remember if like Lola suggests it or Blake just sort of reasons it out. I think Blake reasons it out, but the idea that like, Oh, right. Cause he's such a, he has such a twisted worldview in Blake's opinion that he feels like this dude probably brings his work home with him. So like, mm, that's right. Yeah. Probably a lot of abyssal energy and shit and possibly actual abyssal influence like in his house. Um, yeah. Then we learn about Eric and Stan, who are dabblers. And um, we married, one of them married Stan because of their extensive library, but it's not impressive enough to call them something that's not dabblers. Like, they don't even really call them collectors. Um, But maybe collector isn't exactly the type of practice they do. Um, And Joyce has no idea why they are on the list. Um, And this was a fun thing to speculate because Lola chimes in and is like, was it Manon who told you those names? And like, was the order like Eric and then Stan? Um, and she reasons out like, yeah, they deserve it. You should kill them, <laughs> but doesn't explain why. Um, it seems like maybe, so um, 
Because again, they have kind of a large family, so not everyone knows everyone. But Lola and Manon both know Loreen, who is Stan's daughter. Um, and if the order of the names was Eric and then Stan, maybe like Eric did something really horrible to Loreen and then um, Stan allowed it. Um, yeah. Is like, that makes sense. The, my guess. Um, and that's awful. Um, and yeah, it's interesting that, I mean, this is the funny part where um, Lola's just like, yeah, they deserve it. Um, if that's who told you. And as long as you don't give them a chance to call home and network, they're not a threat. And that's interesting, right? Like more, they're valuable because of their network. They're valuable because of their information. Um, and Lola's like, yeah, I, you don't need to know more. And Blake's like, yeah, you should tell me more. And I'm like, bitch, earlier you were like, don't tell me like frivolous details. Yeah, <laughs> now you're like, your damn mind. Bill. Um, and I mean, he wants to know enough to be able to make the decision and reason out himself, you know, like, do these people actually deserve it or whatever? But like, he didn't want to know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just, like he said, only the relevant stuff. Right. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and then last but not least, um, considering his karma is the benevolent. Um, this man is super fucking old. Um, not as old as Mara, but was married to this one of the Duchamps before grandma Rose was a practitioner. So like world war one, um, right. I think grandma Rose was, or was grandma Rose little around world war two, probably world war two. Anyway. Um, yeah. Um, he manipulates karma, um, in such a way that he has like super amazing karma or whatever. And so no one can quite figure out all the shady, awful shit he's doing, but they know that they, he made his wife super miserable that he already had three wives um, that were still a thing when he married the Clara, the Duchamp um, that when you're around him, you kind of like him, but when you're not, you realize he's a complete um, douchehead. Mm. Dickwad. Dick, douche, Dick. Duchamp. Douchehead. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Joyce is like, I don't fucking trust him. He sucks. Lilith's like, he probably has done like worse shit than we know. But, you know, whenever people who would know things are around to voice it, like karma, something, something. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. He must be really fucking awful. If, yeah. Because karma probably right. protected him a lot. So he must Pretty be powerful. terrible. Yeah. Um, and the idea that like, you know, oh, if somebody on this chat mentioned him, maybe they have more info or a stronger suspicion or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting. I remember someone earlier in the book talking about, you know, even having too much karma can be a bad thing because the universe wants to balance that. And I'm wondering, you know, like, is this the universe balancing that? Um, Blake mentions how he thinks that this dude is like the embodiment of everything he hates about the practice and the system and the seal because he just exploits the karma system to his own benefit and hurts other people doing it. Um, and it makes him think of Carl, who also is a bad person and gets away with it. Um, he reasons out that this dude is probably not a good idea to go after and mentally crosses him off the list, which is why I'm not sure if this is the first of the seven we sort of deal with or if mm-hmm. he will. Um, it seems like he will have to fight him because this idea of the super good karma practitioner going against Blake <laughs> super bad karma practitioner <laughs> is very um, enticing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he decides, Oh, he's maybe a trap because 
you know, his karma is so fucking good that I could go after him and just like fail and die or whatever. So like also maybe his karma is so fucking good. It's making you think that it's a trap (laughs) and making him cross it off. Might just be playing into it. Yeah. Um, It's also funny that Lil is like, so you're actually going to just like murder these people in cold blood. And Blake's like, I might not have blood. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) He just really loves to gain save people. But also he bled last chapter and was like, oh, cool. I bleed still. Um, And like, maybe it's, yeah, not technically blood, but like what? (laughs) Okay. This man. <sighs> this man. Well, next he head on, heads on to Sandra's camp, thinks about his strategy, starts, uh, he basically gets attacked right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. Um, he meets up with Evan and Green Eyes, and they were worried about him. And he's like, cool, lol. Like, Blake is not, in my opinion, not giving them a lot of thought and leaving them behind a lot. Like, Evan can keep up with Blake, so Evan doesn't get left behind. Um, and Evan is super useful, but he has, he's starting to have this thing with green eyes about how, you know, Oh, she always jumps in and attacks and Oh, that's really annoying. And, you know, at the end of this chapter, she's like, if I don't fucking do that, I get left behind, you know? And like, she's right. <laughs> like She's right. Yeah. And like a lot of the time, I don't really know what Blake could have done in terms of, um, there's a fucking mountain troll coming after him. He has to run and, yeah. and get away right like that's not he's not trying to ditch her it's right her also, eyes just... she consistently is left behind unless yeah. he's carrying her or she like really asserts herself like like it's just been a big pattern of green eyes like having to like show up um and find them again and um i feel like they just need to communicate more because like when he's thinking like about how she always like jumps in at the wrong moment. Like, why doesn't she listen? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think he'd already been kind of thinking about this and it would have been better probably if instead of being like, so should we have sex? They were like, Hey, it really bothers me when you like, leave me behind. Can we figure out a way to like meet up? And Hey, it really bothers me when you like throw yourself into the fight at like potentially like unstrategic moments or moments where you might get hurt or like whatever. Um, I want you to listen to me. You know, like they should, they need to like find a sec. So you're saying that. they need like a therapist. They need to go to couples <laughs> counseling. Yes. They need to work on their communication skills. If only Evan wasn't like, <laughs> he could be like, it feels like. Who no. would be the ideal counselor for them in the story, Malia? Mm-hmm. Party wants to say Maggie, but I don't know if like she's actually that wise yet. Um, she is being very ambassadorial, but yeah, I don't know if I'd say marriage I, I counseling, but if Sandra Duchamp wasn't like against them, you know, if she was like actually just like a neutral party or whatever, she'd be pretty good at it. Wouldn't that have been a funny use of Joyce? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, here's, all right. You have to help me. You can't do anything to like, you know, <laughs> So help help, help us her understand why she shouldn't just jump into battle. Help him understand why he shouldn't just fucking leave me. I'm a goddamn mermaid. I don't have legs. <laughs> uh, what you're saying is that'd be great. Oh, that's funny. I just like oh, I, I wish I could see that. I feel like that'd be really funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Oh geez. Yeah. And, right. then, and even Evan and like gets frustrated with Blake later. 
Um, but yeah, it feels like he's back into the thing that Rose hated of jumping ahead and not explaining and like, you know, not deciding and agreeing on things as a team. Um, and that's a problem. It's so a problem. Hopefully he does something about it. Um, cause like, I kind of feel bad for green eyes and I feel like Blake is frustrated with her. Um, and you know, I also don't want green eyes to like die and get hurt and stuff, but, um, she's trying to help and she's trying to not get left behind. Yeah. So she doesn't know anyone else other than like an angel in this whole fucking realm of existence. Yeah. So that makes sense. I'd be trying yeah. to catch up too. She might not even know the angel. I don't know if she actually, yeah, no, she doesn't know. What she doesn't know. Yeah. <sighs> she knows but, Blake and she knows Evan, who's kind of like a future snack, you know? Right. And I mean, like she's, you know, talking and, to yeah, Blake's a different type like, of snack. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, um so happy with myself that was really good thank you yeah (laughs) um yeah so so blake is assessing his options for the murder um he finds he spots the pyromancer in the crowd and is like yeah but i am made of dry wood and i'm like good blake Good. Use that critical thinking skill <laughs> to maybe not go after the pyromancer. Um, like a lot of these dudes have interesting, like are interesting antagonists for Blake in particular. You know, pyromancer mm-hmm. would um, binder Blake's whole thing, scourge abyss stuff, um, karma guy. Um, I'm not sure what the brothers are up to, but maybe we'll learn. Maybe we'll learn. Um, yeah. So he he's like, I don't see the spell binder. I don't know what's up. Um, fuck the brothers. They're pathetic and not worth my time right now. (laughs) Um, and you know, I'm already not going after the benevolent. So the Valcala guy and crooked hat and he sees crooked hat cause he wears crooked hat, which my God, this man sounds like such a fucking tool. Um, (laughs) well, they probably all all are tools if they're on the list. (laughs) Uh Yeah. Also they married Duchamps. Um, so they are tools. The, uh. <laughs> the, he, yeah, he wears like, like clothes that approximate kind of a Victorian ish suit or something, but like that he's stolen off of like people and others from the abyss. Um, and that's gross. And yeah, that's he just like, gross, man. he like wears the crooked hat. That's like a top hat. And he like has that cane. And I'm just like, I don't know. Something about him is really obnoxious. Actually, what I'm thinking about him as like Dr. Facilier from Princess and the Frog, he suddenly becomes like actually really fucking cool. So maybe he's just Dr. Facilier. And then I have a lot more respect for him. Um, I don't really know why, but that's kind of funny. But um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, But yeah, um, there's this beat here where green eyes, I guess like Evan has Blake's talked about how Evan's eyesight is so awesome. And apparently green eyes also has like really like bitchin' eyesight. Cause she can see that there's like a carved head on top of, um, crooked hats cane. And I'm not sure what we're doing with this beat. If it's like Blake underestimating or undervaluing green eyes when he just talked about how great it is that Evan has such good eyesight a chapter or two ago. Um, or just like, haha, Blake, you didn't get cool abyssal eye powers. Like suck it. Um, <laughs> but it felt like a moment. Um, 
maybe Wild Bo is just like, yeah, Green Eyes should be like a full character and useful and not just like completely the background, even if Blake isn't quite seeing her that way. Um, and it's a moment of like, yeah, she has use and insight and yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So while they're like trying to assess what's happening, um, and the fact that like, you know, the Duchamps are probably gonna like be victorious in this battle unless something drastic happens because, you know, balance and things reverting to quote unquote normal and whatever a big fucking other (laughs) just runs up or something. And Blake's like, Hey man, like we can be cool. And this other who has like what's described as like a head that looks like a pumpkin that was carved and like put on his head and whatever, like, but like with teeth, a lot of teeth, like can't talk. And he's just like, Oh, like, like very like Scooby-Doo villain. Vibes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in my notes, I started calling him pumpkin head. So pumpkin head. So pumpkin head's like, fight. Um, and apparently Blake has barbed wire wrapped around his forearm and I forearm and I don't remember when that <laughs> I feel like I don't either. Um something like a chain or something, but also barbed wire. And I'm like, what the fuck? Okay. Um <laughs> and so the pumpkin head hurts himself on it, and the chase is on. Um and he's like, hey man, let's be cool. And Pumpkinhead's like, no, let's fucking fight. Um Blake tells Green Eyes to not jump on Pumpkinhead at this point, and this seems to be like, you know, he wants to use Pumpkinhead as um, a tool to fight the Duchamps. Um, We have been, by we, I mean Ben and I and some of his friends have been playing Valheim, which is a fun video game that's like Norse-themed. I think, Mm. like, we're supposed to be, like, warriors or something who are in, like, kind of in Valhalla, but like training for um, Ragnarok or something potentially. I don't really know, but like um, it's really fun. You get to build houses. I built like a house that has like a Christmas tree and like, I love it. Um, It's like a weirdly cute game for the concept, but there are these big fucking trolls, um, really big trolls in like some of the intro areas that are like scary and intense, but um, we try to use them to chop down trees for us because <laughs> so, you need lots of wood for lots of stuff in this game, especially if you really like building like I do. So if you get the tr- trolls to like kind of chase you through the trees, they'll like knock a bunch of them down um, <laughs> and turn them into like wood that you can use. And so this reminds me of that. <laughs> That's a very long way of going about that, but you should play Valheim everyone. Cause it's fun. Um, but That's yeah, awesome. so he's Blake is, is, Apparently this is called kiting. Um, Blake is kiting Pumpkinhead to the Duchamps um, by having them by having him chase after Blake, uh, so he can like make Pumpkinhead run into them. Um, mm. And so yeah, they're on like a they're on a crash course, and Blake reflects on you know how do you fight an enchantress? Well, it's like fighting a fairy. You just fucking run directly at their face. <laughs> they suck. So that's fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so after that, um, he <laughs> he basically goes after Crooked Hat. Yeah, he thinks about how like, oh, the Valkala guy is like definitely bad because at this point he doesn't really have a lot of information about Crooked Hat, and honestly, never really gets a ton of information about Crooked Hat, but kind of goads him by saying like, "Ooh, people think you're mean to your wife" or something, and there's like 
you know? I mean, I feel like in general, like maybe if like you and your wife have like the best relationship and everybody knows about it, you would be like, what are you talking about? But like, otherwise I think in like basically any relationship, if someone's like, yeah, your wife sent me to kill you. Like you'd kind of freak out for a second. Right. So the fact that this yeah. man like kind of freaks out for a second, isn't a ton of proof <laughs> that he deserves to be murdered, yeah. but <laughs> we're going with it. Um, <laughs> we're taking those little slivers of, you know, what he can yeah. just to, you know, prove that it's I mean, justify it. He seems it's like once we're in battle or whatever, this is someone that Blake needs to deal with because he's a scourge and that's, you know, hard for Blake, like possibly he like probably has a bunch of weaknesses because this is what this guy specializes in is like boogeymen or whatever. But he did kind of I mean, this is a weird one because like that other did come to attack Blake, but like, yeah, Blake specifically is using it to attack these people um, and is here to attack these people see blake he doesn't give himself enough credit sometimes like you're saying you're you're not that smart you're using some strategy yeah he's like oh i'm like not that talented i just like look i'm stronger than i look and i run fast and i'm like no blake (laughs) (laughs) um like have some more confidence in yourself right (laughs) um better than you think yeah um there's this fun bit where Blake's like trying to climb on the roof or some shit. And there's this whole thing about him having a connection with the ground and the Duchamps are like manipulating that connection to strengthen it. And something about that is like really funny. (laughs) Um, The idea that like gravity is like, but it's, it's like not even gravity, right? Like it, it is gravity. That's a connection that the Duchamps can influence, but it's also just like the idea that people stand on the ground, that things touch the ground right you're connected to the ground because you're touching the ground yeah but like it's the thing you stand on and so there's a there like gravity is really powerful like there is a really strong like connection to the ground but the idea that they're just like "Uh (laughs) uh-huh is really great and i don't i don't know why i find it so funny but i find it really funny you Um, think that they use that like at parties um like to like losing gravity just to be like all right, guys, Ooh. we're have a space theme party. <laughs> this is a zero gravity party, or like a like a Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory party where they yeah drink those bubble fizz yeah book or whatever yeah. that looked really fun. They just keep floating, or even like in space, like you know they you know put some water out and it just like forms these spheres that you go up and drink. Ooh, I mean that'd be a pretty sweet party. Yeah, right could make some pretty bitchin' alcoholic drinks or just, <laughs> you know. <laughs> be oh, hilar- that'd be hilarious because <laughs> I'm just imagining like being like, here, Lily, here's some juice. And then she's just like trying to <laughs> just in the juice. <laughs> she's just trying to she's trying to go after it. Oh man, my kids would have fun. I'd have fun. <laughs> See, I'm like these practitioners are too serious. They're too like too focused on power and crap cool like that. Things like yeah, yeah. Like you guys need to just yeah, you need to have some fun. You could monetize that. People would totally buy. Like like people would pay you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why, but Ben like randomly told me this this morning. I think, but so the planes that they do like parabolas in or whatever to um simulate like weightlessness, yeah. Um, Apparently they use like, they use like normal planes or whatever to do it. Um, 
and you're not really supposed to fly planes like that. Um, but they don't like reprogram the computers to make it. So that's like the way that these planes are like programmed to fly because it would take a whole bunch of like specific regulations. Like they'd have to like go through a bunch of like Aslan paperwork or something to get like this new style of something like, like authorized or something. So apparently they just like fly them like normal or like they just do it with like the normal planes. And so the whole time they're doing it, there's all these alarms going off because they're like, Oh fuck. Like, <laughs> and like they're in control of the plane or whatever, but the plane's like, Oh fuck, you're not supposed to do this. So there's alarms the whole time apparently, which I would wow. hate a lot. I would hate that too. I hate everything. Wow. Yep. That's really interesting. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I have no idea why he told me that, but I mean, he's just has a lot of facts. I think he just, he, when he learns something, he thinks is interesting. He has to tell me right then. And I'm like, what if I don't care? Um, and well, oftentimes too bad, cool. yeah, no, it is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they're, they're messing with his connection to the ground and, um, crooked hat is tapping things with his cane. That's like, breaking the things and like making things all shardy and stuff. Shardy's a word. Um, and they start, you know, sniping at each other or whatever. Um, cricket hats like, you know, like if you think about it, like, like the world is just like the abyss and they're not different. Everything fucking sucks. And Blake's like, what? Um, and I'm like, Blake, you said this like an arc, or like a chapter ago that like actually is the abyss worse. I don't know. <laughs> um, so this was a nice moment where Blake's like, no, uh, I don't buy into this. Like there's actually, there's love here. Like there's harmony here. Like, please stop. And Crooked Hat is like, harmony is a delusion. Like get your head out of your ass. You're so edgy, dude. You're so yeah. Like, I know that the truth of whatever and Blake's like, uh, okay. Um, and yeah, so he's like, do you know why your family asked me to kill you? Cause they did. And I'm like, good Blake. Cause like, this is unlike the situation with Rose at the beginning of this arc where Rose was like, would you believe me if I told you that like I was arguing to save you, but then she didn't say cause I was. Um, so Blake makes it very clear. <laughs> I'm like, like, um, <laughs> I, I was thinking like man if something went wrong and he wasn't able to kill him like he just like <laughs> totally threw everybody else under the bus you know he just well, fucked it, up it's well now i think people like maybe kind of heard that like he's really kind of pushing in the like this is for your family your family told me to do this he's trying oh, to yeah I'm, I'm not even i'm not saying it's bad i'm just think i was just thinking like that would suck <laughs> Like that'd be awkward. I mean, that's well, weird. I mean, but she could be like, "No, I don't know what he's talking about. I never asked anyone to try to kill you. What are you doing?" Um, that's true. But if that was true, I guess. But yeah, well, technically, like they just gave a name, right? Sure. I mean, I think I, that probably the well, yeah, family is going to try to figure out what's happening. Yeah. But he particularly could have been like, "Did you tell him to kill me?" And she could have been like, "No, no." <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so blake has caught evan at this point um and so he throws him which is fun um evan is really powerful um 
and it's awesome. He very much has a thing in terms of escape and movement and it's great. Um, he, um, basically frees pumpkin head and, um, like thinks about how crooked hat sucks and Evan is so fucking great and should have not died. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's pretty great. He's pretty great. Um, and then Blake pulls this like fun, weird trick to get everyone to like not attack him for a second. Um, and says like, save the Duchamps, which is weird. Cause you just yelled that he should free the pumpkin head. So whatever, but he, you know, he, he wants, Evan to clear a line so that Pumpkinhead will kill Cricket Hat. Um, and it works. And it works. Um, and this feels like just like some psychological warfare. Like this is like actually really brilliant in terms of like tearing this contingent apart. Um, contingency, whatever. Um, and making them all like not trust each other and like freak out, right? Like mm-hmm. this dude has come here to protect these poor women from their horrible husband. <laughs> um yeah not a great way to build harmony um and you know yeah you can't bake a cake without breaking a few eggs or heads (laughs) you know uh yeah um pumpkin god this line was so great and it's so awful and horrifying um pumpkin head grabs crooked hat's head and squeezes it so both the head and the namesake hat were crushed and i'm like uh, awful bad bad awful bad 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 but also oh. probably good <laughs> we don't know i mean someone seems to think so i mean i feel like the reason i feel like it probably no, would probably be a great place to live probably, yeah you know like yeah. His house is probably not a fun place to be. So, yeah. Um, fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then Blake's like, "All right. Like round 2, let's kill the Valcala guy." Um, he throws the goblin cleaver at him and his gear, the the guy's gear protects him. Um, so then Blake sees green eyes and she's about to leap at this guy and he's like, "Fuck, no," cuz like his gear protects him. But she does it anyway. And turns out it was really like useful that she did that because it was a huge distraction and he's able to like get at him um and like grab him. He like hugs him. <laughs> um and then like stabs him a bunch. But before this, he's like, Hey, you know that like you your dad like murdered all of your siblings for your fucking weapons, and I'm here to kill you for them. Um Again, making this a big thing about the Duchamps. Um, and, you know, these people are starting to be afraid of this, like, tree with a sword who's um, picking out individual men in this area <laughs> and saying, like, your family wants you to die. Um, yeah. So he's invigorated by this fear, which is just really useful. <laughs> and he's like, all right, I'm going to leave now. Uh I killed the people I was asked to kill. And I love that one of them is like, Rose? And he's like, no, it was y'all. Bye. <laughs> like, no. And it's really a really brilliant plan. Um, and fucked up. But you know, this is this is shaking the foundations of this family in a way that might engender some change, but I don't really know what, what and change. I think that 
if they can sit down. I mean, I guess ultimately there were people in this family who wanted other people in this family killed, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's using his resources. Yeah. And like, it seems like this was, you know, this has been the plan since he was at the lake the first time and realized, okay, Molly fucking their others up didn't work. So now I have to use psychological warfare on their asses. (laughs) And it's going to be great. So next, uh, Molly ends up joining up with them and, uh, is like, well, why aren't you murdering more people? <laughs> oh my god, she's so <laughs> mad. She like this is the moment where like this is almost as bad as him like agreeing to a deal with a behame, right? She's like, so I think I heard you say that you wanted Evan, not Evan, the bird, right? She Evan's not a person to her. Um, the bird to save the Duchamps, and that can't be right because we're here to murder everyone indiscriminately. <laughs> Especially the Duchamps and the Bahames and Johannes, right? Um, and Blake doesn't take the time to be like, actually, Molly, what I'm trying to do... I mean, he does say, like, I'm trying to, like, destabilize this family, not just literally kill everyone. Um, and I'm glad in this moment that he identifies just killing all of them as an evil thing to do. Like, cool, good, cool. That's good. good. Yep. You know, good. baby steps, right? Good. Well, just, like, yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's good. Good job, Blake. <laughs> Proud of you. Um but I wish he was like, Molly, by doing that, I may, I'm making the husbands like doubt. I'm like breaking down their power structure and making them all freak out. And I guess the thing, yeah, is that Molly doesn't care if they don't trust each other. She just like wants them all to die. So maybe it wouldn't have really made much difference to her if he had explained um, more effectively. Um, yeah. But... I don't think she's uh, one that can be convinced uh, for uh, moderation. Yeah. Um, They're not... Blake's trying to convince Molly that they're on the same side, but ultimately I think Molly literally just wants revenge, and that's not what Blake wants. Um, So while Blake might ultimately be helping Molly or whatever um, and allowing Molly to help Blake kill people, yeah, he's, he's focusing on breaking down these institutions. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So Molly is pretty lucid and Blake's like, we're declawing the cat. And Molly's like, cats still have teeth. Um, and Blake's like, that's, she's scary and powerful and pretty with it. She's not becoming a God. Right. Um, (laughs) and I'm not, I like the fact that he brings this up again is like, you know, hinting that maybe that is, a thing that maybe that is kind of where the story is going. I'm not sure where, where the line is between God and not God. She doesn't seem on Marissa's level yet, but she is really fucking powerful. She's really um, strong. She is mad about using this energy to do something that she feels wasn't worth it. Um, so yeah, her energy supply is not limitless, but if she is sucking all the bad energy out of this town, it seems pretty... <laughs> uh plentiful um yeah yeah no that's for sure yeah um yeah we get a little bit here that evan trusts blake's assessment of monsters which again questionable but at least blake has shown somewhat more he's better than molly (laughs) analysis he's better than molly um what else can you ask i thought he was although i still think that maybe with crooked hat there is a chance that he was convincing himself of what he wanted to see on the other hand, he probably sucked. He 
probably sucked. Um, yeah. And then Blake realizes that Sandra can't mend the divide with her amazing connection magic because all the husbands will be watching for that and will be super fucking pissed if they are influenced and manipulated into everything being okay again. So um, they're kind of stuck like this for the time being, which is great. Um, Yeah. All right. Let's see here. Any other things about this section? I don't think so. Unless you have. No. (laughs) I did want to say, and this isn't right here, actually. It was a little while back, but um, Evan said, suck it. I just (laughs) thought that was funny. (laughs) He's so good. good. (laughs) He's like, suck it. (laughs) (laughs) He was releasing Pumpkinhead, I think. (laughs) Uh, 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 I love him. Uh, So good. All right, next, uh, Helder goes after Blake. Yeah, this was fun. I love her. <laughs> um, I don't know. I was just, like, proud of her. And Blake, like, you know, underestimates her and thinks she's a big dumb troll and realizes, no, she's smart. Um, and obviously, like, I didn't want Hilder to catch Blake. Um, but I also really didn't want Blake to hurt her, you know? And yeah. it didn't seem like he was in a position to be able to act offensively against her. But he's tricky so you never know um never know but yeah so this sparks this fun um chase um where they're like in a vintage clothes store or something and um i was confused as to like when he actually went in and when he didn't or whatever um evan is really useful in helping um with the window um and getting into the store although like you know, the Duchamps are strengthening his connection to the ground and uh, messing with the clothes and getting them to try to grab him and um, Mm -hmm. making the glass really hard to break. Um, And then there's a big fucking troll. So that was fun. Um, It (laughs) there's a fun moment with Evan. Um, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but there's a fun moment with Evan where he's like, she's a stoat, not a weasel. And he's like, I asked. And I'm like, what? Like <laughs> this is very like, oh, when she's hunting him, um, he at one point probably was like, You fucking weasel or something, or was like, What even are you? or something, and she was like, I'm a stoat. Like they're having this conversation about that while she's like trying while to kill she's him. Trying to kill like, him. That's funny. That's and I love funny. that. I'm very <laughs> on brand for Evan. Yeah. <laughs> that's so amazing. Yeah, yeah she's kind of scary. Yeah. And just again, like proud of her. And like Sandra, like got her as a familiar and that's really impressive. Like they managed to, you know, outlast and convince this troll to enter this relationship. Um, and yeah, yeah, Blake's able to escape the store and get onto a roof and he tinkerbells Evan (laughs) and he gets really mad or just irritated. Yeah. This was really funny. Um, when he's trying to get into the store or something. Um, Cause Evan is all about like escape. Right. And so they're trying to like tie him down with these connections. And at one point he just like grabs Evan and tr- like draws, like moves Evan in front of him in a li- line to like break the connections. <laughs> um, and like, you know, Blake's thrown Evan Blake's on a lot of things, but yeah, he hasn't like straight up used him like, you know, a wand <laughs> like or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like chalk before. Um, 
And Evan doesn't like this. <laughs> and he s- compares it to, he's like, you tinkerbelled me. Um, and <laughs> is really funny. Um, I agree that uh, Blake didn't spank Evan, but he did kind of use Evan's magical pixie dust to uh, deal with the situation and like he physically did. moves his whole body. And uh, I think Blake should think about whether or not that's okay, especially because Evan was so upset by it. But it is kind of funny that he's indignant I mean, about this. It worked. Yes. So, like, yeah, it was very useful. Um, but for someone who doesn't like, who historically didn't like being touched and also who doesn't like being constrained physically, um, it is kind of a shit thing to do that. Or, like, I wish he would hear him out a little bit more because it is obviously something that bothers Evan. Um, sure. And would but probably also, like, I, I agree with you. I'm also saying I can see why he's not listening right now. Sure. No, this is not really a good time. time. And it. it was super useful. And yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, after that, um, I guess Blake delivers a package. <laughs> this is upsetting. Um, Blake says, you're going to deliver death from above if all this goes right. And I forgot what happened even the second time I was reading it or whatever. And so both times I was like, is he saying he's going to let him be a fire sparrow? Like, what the fuck is mm-hmm. going on? <laughs> like, I imagine like tiny little Evan on fire, like somehow burning people alive or something. I was like, what? Um, and that's not what happens. But um, I'm not entirely sure what Blake was imagining when he was kind of annoyed that there was a bunch of ice on the roof. Um, I guess like maybe he wanted it to just be snow. So I don't know. But he decides to lob a very heavy object off of this roof um, onto a human. So um, I thought it was funny that he's like, ice works, but it's not very elegant. And in some ways, it's too elegant. And I was like, don't let the like winter court hear you say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll fuck you up. I'll fuck you up. Um, yeah, it's funny. I hope Blake doesn't have enough problems. Um, the wild hunt. <laughs> oh that'd be uh pretty funny um and blake kind of vividly in his mind paints this picture of this employee who's being punished for annoying the boss who has to come and like shovel and pick the ice off the snow or off the snow off the roof um Mm -hmm. and like eats fast food on their break or whatever and it's kind of like i don't know i feel i feel this person i feel this and it's a reminder of blake's uh, background in history that he can really vividly imagine the human being who was tasked with this job and not just like the fact that somebody, I don't know. Um, it's not just that like, Oh, there's this, these supplies here so that this can happen. It's like, he's imagining the specific person who's like tasked with this um, and really like individualizing that in a way. And maybe like, this isn't at all significant, but I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then <laughs> Um, he prepares this parcel as he calls it, which feels sociopathic or something to call it that. I don't even know. <laughs> just yeah. like, I, um, by packing ice and salt, um, and snow into this bucket. Um, I'm not sure if the salt was supposed to be kind of a practicey thing or if it's like to pack in place. Like right. Bucket. Um, something, something lowering the freezing temperature, but that would make it water. But I guess water is heavier than snow. That makes sense. Um, 
maybe getting it to Denser, freeze more yeah. solid ice thing. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and so on it he writes, per request for treatment of wife, um, to again inflame the paranoia um, amongst these people. Um, but before he delivers this, he um, hears a scrape on the roof and realizes that it's Green Eyes, um, who he left behind, as we already talked about. Um, yeah. She frustrated with this. Um, and he doesn't really... He doesn't and again, like, he doesn't have time. Yeah. But he doesn't acknowledge, like, that and is more frustrated that, like, she led the Duchamps to them. Um, mm-hmm. Which is fair, but also... Where else is she supposed to go? I, I just... Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'd probably so, be annoyed, too, but yeah. Still, it's like, come on, man. Right. No, I, I would... And it, I would be frustrated that, like, oh, fuck, you led them here. Like, ah. But also, mm-hmm. he wants to throw a big bucket of ice on top of them so it's useful that they're nearby um <laughs> so thank you it's an order actually yeah so the blake is like okay i'm gonna heave this bucket evan you guide it so that it lands on the pyromancer's head and green eyes and i are gonna skedaddle um and so he's critical of evan um because he thinks evan isn't good at his job but Evan's really good at his job and manages to propel this thing uh, at this dude. Um, and so this is Evan raining death down from above, which I hate that Evan is. This is like a, it's like making a child like, like murder somebody. murder someone. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming this works in terms of killing this guy. Um, eh, there's a scream, like feels their fear. Um, he's, you know, the fear that wasn't very strong earlier um, because they were like safe in numbers or whatever is, you know, more afraid they're losing it a little bit. Um, and Blake and Green Eyes run off and hide. Evan joins them, breaks those connections, um, including a satyr who almost finds them, um, notices where they are. Um, but Evan is able to kind of mess with that connection. Um, Blake has taken the time to do some soul searching and find his new purpose and goal in life, which is to try to steer things toward a better path, which feels like something grandma Rose would have wanted. Um, and to be Blake, um, even if Blake was less than half a person. Um, and I was really worried that the goal was like to murder everyone. So that was nice. Um, there you go. So we proceed, um, proceed the, Ones that are left are the brothers, the benevolent, and the um, spellbinder. So that's fun. Yeah, super fun. Super All right. Fun. Well, now uh, we're going to talk about our pale and comparison section. Um, I guess we could talk about um, how the trio deals with, uh, I guess, bad characters <laughs> in comparison to how Blake <laughs> is murdering everyone. Oh. My God. Um, that's really funny. Um, <laughs> but this made me think of Edith um, and her yeah. trial with Sable. Um, and they were very um, concerned and really wanted to like approach it in the best way possible and to do to respect as many of Edith's rights as they could. Um, they, you know, realized they needed to bind her, but they wanted it to be, you know, with like, like this karmic law and authority. And they didn't want it to be, um, 
yeah, just to like use her power and to like, you know, blah, 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 whatever, what most practitioners do. Um, and they recognize that it was a really thorny and awful uh, subject binding, you know, for the pra- or the others of Kennet and um, really tried to reason through things, all three of them together. Um, they're able to t- take the time to talk about people like the alabaster. Um, they, they learn a lot from what happened to Alexander and Bristow mm-hmm. and are able to take the time and also prioritize taking the time to talk through these things and like make decisions, um, hard decisions about when to kill people. Um, but also try, it seems like they try to give people as many chances as possible before they do that. Um, like with mm-hmm. Sanjate dude, um, as well. Um, that said, they, I mean, yeah. So Blake here is like, I fight the monsters. I kill the monsters. Um, it's yes. interesting that the others, the major others that he's fought that are coming to mind, he is either bound them or lost. Um, thinking of Pau's, the hyena, or um, I guess the ones in the house. I well, and the that big fat ghoul guy, um, even these goblins and stuff. He he gives them the option at the end of like agree to be bound, agree to never harm anyone again, or uh, die. Um, he isn't giving these practitioners that option, um, except for like Joyce, I suppose. Um, but I also don't think that Blake is in a position to be able to bind these people. Um, and maybe he doesn't trust them to not wiggle out of oaths to not be dickheads. Um, so I do think that Blake isn't in the same position and doesn't have the same resources and opportunities that the Kenneteers do. Mm-hmm. But I do think that they sometimes really, really prioritize um, making the method in which they do things as like good and right and just as possible, even if it's not going to get them the outcomes the they want. Because they realize that, yeah, the way they go about things is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well said. Thank you. I wanted to think a little bit about Molly and Marissa. Oh, okay. As That's two cool yeah, too, actually. Okay. Two uh emergent goddesses. Um not sure if Molly's gonna get there, but um, it seems like Mariska is pretty solidly goddess territory. Um, whereas, and it took a while for that to feel true. Um, mm-hmm. and though it was like, yeah, she's been infused with all this abyssal energy and is like, a, you know, whatever, whatever. It didn't really feel like, honestly, until these like churches and her like disciples started popping up now that I'm really like, oh yeah, she's made it. And so I wonder if that's what Molly would need or if she would still just feel kind of like a cult leader. Um, hmm. Marissa has a lot of, I think presumably more power at her disposal than Molly does at this point. Um, and has more experience just like in dealing with, I don't know. Mm-hmm. She's a fairy. Right. Another, and just a lot more experience with everything. <laughs> yeah. A lot more experience with everything. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and is like, Molly is still, and Echo, like, still a wraith and maybe doesn't have the full wherewithal to <sighs> construct a plan to become a god in that way. But she has talked about it. She is aware of it. And maybe the more power she accumulates, you know, the more 
sentient she'll become. Um, Which is pretty fucking wild. Yeah. And I feel like, again, it's not really something that has been addressed uh, to my satisfaction in terms of, like, what does it mean to be a god? And I think that that is a really hard thing to define. Um, But, yeah, I don't think Molly's there yet, I guess, based on Mariska. Okay. Yeah, probably not quite yet. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, Now it's time for Malia's bold and specific prediction. And... I do have a question for you, Malia. Okay. As a prediction, do you think Blake is ever going to save that Duchamp lady? <laughs> With the, from the chain guy? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> wow, what a twist. Wow, He's still thinking about it. He's still yeah, like, hmm. Come back. This is a pickle. Should I? Shouldn't I? <laughs> well, I could totally see him like, actually running into him later and being like, oh, okay, I guess I'll fight you. I don't think so, but stranger things have happened. It's true. That's really funny. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I think that um, the order Blake will deal with the last three uh, men slash groups of men is the, I think he'll deal with the brothers and then, well, so, so the, the difficult thing is <sighs> he sees the benevolent and like picks him out of the crowd in this chapter. <clears throat> he hasn't figured out who the brothers are and he seems to think that the spellbinder just straight up isn't here. So based on the fact mm. that we're like standing here, it would make some logical sense that he's like would go after the benevolent and then the brothers and then the spellbinder, but he's already crossed the benevolent off the list metaphorically, even though I think that he will ultimately go after and like fight the benevolent or whatever. Um, but I feel like the order is probably going to be like the brothers, the, benevolent and then the spellbinder although i could see those last two being flipped i don't know um and i think we'll deal with the brothers this next chapter uh and probably one of the other ones but i'm not sure i don't know if he's going to be able to i don't know if he's going to kill all of them but i think he'll try (laughs) all right cool stuff all right so our previous discussion question didn't have any takers (laughs) (laughs) which happens happens so i'm just gonna skip it <laughs> but when you think about a new discussion question that maybe we'll have takers that's the goal that's the goal um and i feel like i thought of one i know but i forgot say. it as i was talking what was that i was gonna say i feel like you thought of one um okay i remember huh. this is a different one that i told you about before but um Thinking of the different type of practices, pick one and say how you would use that to throw a bitch in party. <laughs> Just like, like the anti gravity. Yeah. That, that'd be pretty sweet, right? Yeah. Um, definitely. And like the Just more like, out there, the better. Right. Just like good times all around. You're here to like let people experience a really fun time. A really fun time. Yeah. And like, n- like I know it's hard, but like you know, it's, it's not for doom and gloom. So it's not to like gain power or influence or manipulation or whatever. Yeah, like maybe except if people you, like you more, but like yeah, like that kind of influence, like <laughs> or the power of like an awesome party. Mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, um, I mean, I think yeah, Jeremy's kind of got a really easy one for that. Yeah, yeah. So 
that one might be a little too easy, guys. But uh, <laughs> right in a, in an out of the box way, not just in like out of the box way. Yeah, yeah. For what what's going to make a great party? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and leave a rating and review. To support our podcast, go to patreon.com slash doofmedia. And if you'd like to support Wildbow as he continues to write fantastic stories, go to patreon.com slash wildbow. You can follow the pod on Twitter at palecomparison or send us an email at paleincomparisonpod at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in r slash parahumans, where you can answer our discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. In addition, if you would like to see all of my predictions laid out, check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker. Next episode, we will be covering chapters 13.7 and 13.8. This week's fun fact, since we're kind of talking about space, <laughs> I looked up a space fact. Um, apparently there are more trees on earth than stars in the galaxy or in the, in the Milky way. I'm sorry. All that same, you know, that's insane, which is pretty insane. I would not have expected that. I guess there's about 3 trillion trees on earth and between a hundred and 400 billion stars in the Milky way galaxy, which is pretty wild. It's wild. I guess so. it's not like the universe though, but no, still. but still like still, um, because isn't there something about like the grains of sand on the beach, and that's nothing in comparison to the whatever the fucks in the sky? Yeah, that's insane. Good it's for insane. us, even though we've like decimated our forests or whatever. We've still we still got some. We still got more than the stars in the galaxy. So I wonder if they count like coconut trees and stuff, because you know, like palm trees aren't trees; they're grass. What? <laughs> they're not trees. <laughs> palm trees are grass. What the fuck? Okay, that's a more <laughs> wild fact than I feel like the one I just dropped. <laughs> to me. Yeah, uh, the structure and uh, they belong to the same primary class as grass. They're monocots, um, not uh, duocots or something. I don't know. That's right. So in Hawaii, you have to be very specific when you're asking someone to cut the grass. <laughs> Right, we all definitely know. We all definitely know that. <laughs> uh, hilarious. Yeah. Ah, well, cool. I mean, I would, I don't know, I would think that they'd count them because... Most people think they're trees. Most people think they're trees. They're trees. They're, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're pretty much trees. Um, even so, like, I think that even if you took away some of them, Polycot? I think you'd still... What was that? I'm trying to remember what the other word is. It might be polycot. Polycot. Monocot. I don't know. Well, that's pretty interesting stuff, guys. So, uh, yeah. Go tree facts. Thanks for being patient with our release schedule. We'll try to get back on um, our our diligence. Yeah. I kind of... Yeah, that was my... Actually, was that my bad? It was, I think it was kind of my bad. And it's kind of your bad. It's all right. You know what? Yeah. We're here now. That's fine. <laughs> yes. All right. I'm going to go because I'm tired. But um, have a good one. And we'll talk at you next week. <laughs> Woohoo. Bye. Bye. Bye.